When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the GM Shuffle. Did you think Gannon was watching Rihanna and he didn't pay attention to the, to like, what do I have to do in the game? I think Gannon was looking for real estate in Scottsdale. I would have had two game plans. So Andy didn't have a chance to adjust to him. So now he's got to readjust to me while everybody's watching Rihanna. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. And a special edition the Monday after yeah, how Super about Bowl. In house. Michael Lombardi in studio. Yes. Both of us together in 3D, buddy. How you the, doing? The first time we get to wear our you know what I used to <laughs> every time I had a phone call from Al Davis, right? Uh-huh. He would start the phone call off. I, I, I got three things for you. And he would ask me three questions. Yep. And I was never allowed to ask him a question. Okay. So I always said I never got a chance to wear my white jerseys because the white was the home jerseys. You know, the Sixers, they uh-huh. wore white at home. Now it doesn't matter it doesn't, anymore. Yeah, it matter you know, so yeah. like this is the first time we get to wear our white jerseys here at home. You know, we get to play a home game. I like it. We're playing a home game here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the white jerseys now, I believe that's 16 out of the last 19 Super Bowls, team wearing white as one. You know, it's just, uh, that, that's great. When I, <laughs> But I, we were had a winning streak when I was in Cleveland in '94. I kept wearing the same pair of underwear. And Millie says, "Like, do you? Re- why do you go to work at five in the morning if you think it's the underwear?" And I said, "You know what? You're probably right." It's a good. It's a good point that Millie brought up there. Uh, oh, by the way, in case you were under a rock or weren't watching the game last night, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 38 to 35 in Super Bowl 57. Now the second Super Bowl for the Chiefs in the last four years. Number two for Andy Reid. Number two for Patrick Mahomes. Heck of a game down there in Glendale, Arizona. Michael, what was kind of your early reactions after last night's game and kind of the chatter now that's been going on over the last about 12 hours? If I was Vic Fangio, I would hold a press conference in Miami today. And I would say, under no circumstances was that game plan anything that I had a part of. I want nothing to do with that game plan. Get it out of here. I advised them. They didn't listen to me. They didn't listen to me. I don't know what that guy was doing, but I want nothing to do with that game plan. I want nothing to do with it. Get it out of here. Stop it. It's over. Like, I want, I disassociate my, I would run for the hills. Like, that's not my plan because that was embarrassing. So one of the things that determines winning in football games, it's one Mm -hmm. of the key components. I think it's almost a 90% 
towards winning is points per possession, right? Yep. And so, you know, that that number sometimes comes below as one. You know, I mean, if you could get points per possession at one, you're doing great. The Chiefs averaged 4.62 per possession. They only had eight wow. possessions in the game, scored 37 points. Like, seriously. And now we think, reliably reported to me, that Gannon is going to become the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And if you're built Michael Bidwell and Monty Ossendorp and you watch that performance, I mean, now Matt Patricia got the Detroit Lions job off of his performance. They gave mm-hmm. up, you know, they, they never stopped Philly in that game either. So it's happened before, but I think to me – the handicap of the Eagle defense being more aggressive and taking it to the Chiefs was completely wrong on my part. Because Gannon, to me, I don't know what he did those two weeks, but it sure as hell wasn't but play soft zone. He was, I mean, I think one of the, he should go in the Big 12. He played a Big 12 defense. Mm-hmm. Right, didn't he? Yeah, it, it was incredibly soft. The answers were quick for Patrick Mahomes. He just diced them up all game. Especially with the end of the game, with four minutes, with five minutes to go in the game, yeah. when he got the ball back, he needs the ball back. You got to get, it, you got to have to force a third and long in the game. Mm-hmm. And there was no negative play. Played soft zone. He hits Smith Schuster over there on second and two, second and eight. They throw it out to the flat to Schuster, and he runs for a first down. I mean, they had to get a first down on a run with Kelsey. I thought that was a horrible spot, but anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what. At the end of the day, what was our strategy if I'm an Eagle fan? Like, what were we trying to accomplish? Once you saw the front four wasn't getting there, what didn't you have to heat them up? You would think, and to your point, the Chiefs scored on every single possession in the second half. It was touchdown, 10 plays, 75 yards to start the third quarter. Then the next drive, 9 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Then the three-play five-yard after the Katerius Tony punt return, which was excellent, set them up there right there in first and goal. Another touchdown, then they end the game with the game-winning field goal. At no point were the Eagles putting any sort of stress on that Chiefs offensive line or putting any sort of stress on the wide receivers outside. Like, where was the press coverage? Throw off the timing. Well, they don't play press. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, Brad, are they going to sign Bradbury back? Are they going to say, you know, like Bradbury's not a man-to-man guy. The reason they ran him out of New York is because they want to run man-to-man, and they can't. They played a Big 12 soft bend but don't break defense. I mean, and, and I know Mahomes was the MVP, and I and look, Mahomes mm-hmm. is great. But if you would have told me before the game Mahomes is going to throw for under 200 yards and only have 22 completions in the game, I said they lose. Yeah, I would have said they lose. But he maximized every throw, and they never took anybody away. Here's the reality. If, if you're a coach listening to this pod, here's, the, here's a rule that I've said for years. I think I've said it on this pod. But – if you are a zone team, you then can't be a man team. If you just build your if you build your offseason program around zone, okay, and then you want to start to play some man to man, you look like shit, Eagles. If you're a man team that wants to play zone, you can transfer easier. You can zabble a little zone. The best defenses in all of football play one third man, one third zone, and one third man zone dog. So they play a lot combination. And when you're planning your defense, you've got to be able to do all three really well. But you can't go from zone to man and think you're going to live. And I think that was Gannon's problem. He can't play man. He knows that he's going to get beat. I mean, Scanling didn't even have a catch in the game. No. I mean, like there was no, like if you sit there and say what catch gave him trouble, there was no catch. Like there was just easy throws. Like tell me one hard throw Mahomes made in the game. There was a lot of answers that were quick and easy. They're all high school throws, right? Yeah. Whereas Hertz made some incredible throws in the game. He was awesome. He was amazing. I mean, he made some incredible throws that I never thought he could have ever made. So to me, I I don't know. I mean, if I'm a Philly fan and, you know, 
look, I've said this before, and I thought Vic's influence, we talked about Vic being involved. Mm -hmm. So last year in 2021, I've said this many times, he played twice against Tom Brady. He played Patrick Mahomes. They played Dak Prescott. They played Derek Carr. They played Justin Herbert, okay? Mm -hmm. Those six games, in those six games, I think the second Dak game wasn't really, I think something happened in that game. There was the ball was only on the ground thirty six times. Okay, ball was only on the ground thirty six times. So that shows you he wants to play soft coverage, and then now he comes back and he gets destroyed by it. I mean, this is going to be one that lives for Phillies. At the end of the day, this was a game Philly should have won. That's that was my takeaway, honestly, as well. Like, and kudos to the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations, Chiefs fans, for winning the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. But Mahomes, twenty-one of twenty-seven. Ball wasn't hitting the ground often there on the game last night. And on that Kansas City side, I know we're talking about a lot about what the Eagles are doing defensively. I do want to give some credit to that Chiefs offensive coaching staff, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and that entire staff. They're coming in with the game plan of okay, these guys are going to be hard to block for us. They seventy sacks in the regular season. Really good front. And they went to the quick game, and they went to it early and often and got the ball out really hot. And I thought that's kind of what mitigated that pass rush there. I mean, Bella knew they were going to go to the quick game. I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. Bella knew they were going to the it's quick we like, game. It's why we like the Mahomes over completions. Yeah, I mean, you knew they were going to go to the quick game. And she knew it. I mean, everybody knew it. I mean, you know, I, I mean, like, that's no surprise. It's like, what did we do? What did we work on all week to give them trouble? Like Lou, Lou, poor Lou Amaromo, he's sitting there. He holds them down to nothing, the poor bastard. He's got, he can't get the Cardinal job. Meanwhile, he's got to watch Gannon get the Cardinal. Can you imagine that poor guy? I mean, think about it. Martindale sitting over there saying, I played him better. I got no players, yeah. you know, and I can't get the Arizona. I can't even get an interview for Arizona. Meanwhile, Jonathan Gannon's coming in for the job. I, like, I, I want to know, like, explain to me what we were trying to accomplish. Like I would I be all ears. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an asshole here about Gannon. I'm mm. sure he's a great, great guy, great coach, great person. I'm not. He probably interviews fantastically. By I'm the not way. arguing that. <laughs> I want to see it on the goddamn tape. Like we just lost the Super Bowl. Let me tell you something. You never get over losing the Super Bowl. I had to mm. sit here yesterday with Sean King sticking his chest out about that Super Bowl. You know, oh, yeah, that's right. I had to sit here and take. I had to take my medicine there. I was like, a, you know, okay, take this cough medicine here. You never lose it. Like, you have your chance to get there, and you built this team that's really good, and and you don't get there. And I don't think there was a play in the game as we go through it. Like, to me, I don't think there was a play in the game that you thought, oh, my gosh, okay, the third and one, the false start, that hurt, right? Big time. Because then we fumble it and we turn it over. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's seven points there. You know, and then, the, then we had to – then – when we had to get the ball back, we had to start moving the ball. The one punt the Eagles had in the fourth quarter, it was a third and 11, and they zero blitzed him, and he, and he threw, like I think, a five-yard completion. They had a punt there. I mean, yeah. I mean, Spagnola was, was, was stride for stride with Gannon on his plan, too, now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spagnola's plan was any high-leverage situation, I'm just sending pressure, right. which, is, which is what he does. And I'll, like, he was true to himself. And I guess both guys were true themselves because Gannon playing that soft well, zone I cover. Thought, I thought Spagnola was in really good shape. You know, he get like the first drive of the game, he's sitting there. He's what in the third and eleven, third and ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, he allowed a. They were sixty-one percent on third down. The Eagles, and yeah. some of them were long down distance. Some of them were exactly what Spagnola wanted, and they could get off the field. I knew, I knew the the Chiefs would be in the field. That would be the swim team. I knew that they would swim up the field and get to the B because that's kind of how they they, they are. And so, Mah- so Hertz could take off and run, but 
I mean, look, it was a Big 12 game at its finest. It really was. Yeah, basketball on grass is what we saw last night. And it was an entertaining game. In terms of Patrick Mahomes, though, Super Bowl MVP, his second one that he got. We were talking about it before we started recording this podcast. It didn't seem like a vintage Mahomes performance. Now, I do give him a lot of credit because at the end of the first half, looked like he re-aggravated the ankle sprain there. Seemed to be in an immense amount of pain on the sidelines. He was looking up to the sky. He was like, just seemed very uncomfortable. Comes out at halftime. I'm not sure what happened in the, in the during the halftime. The third well, he got an injection. Yeah, He got the good. He got the good stuff. I mean, I'm sure Big Daddy <laughs> called in there and said, "Rub some CBD oil. Yeah, it'll it, be fine." It, yeah. was, it was Mr. Miyagi in the yeah, locker room, you know, yeah. <laughs> just rubbing the hands together. But something in the second half, though, he kind of got back to his own self, running the football playing well, finding his receivers. I thought in the second half he was really good, but it wasn't vintage Mahomes, but he was still, to his standards, a really good performance from Patrick Mahomes. Look, if I would have told you Mahomes throws for 182, right? And mm-hmm. I would have said to you that, you know, he does, his longest completion of the day is 22 yards. Longest completion of the day is 22 yards. You'd say they're going to lose. Yeah. Or they're going to lose. Or right? he got hurt. <laughs> That's what and I And then say. their defense gives them 34 <laughs> yeah. points. You're, they're going to lose. Like, how do you do that? Now, I know their defense scored seven, so, but, you know, when you're talking about points per possession at the rate they were doing it, they only punted twice, and that was in the second quarter. The Eagles dominated the second quarter. The Eagles had the ball 12 minutes in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they dominate the second quarter. Andy Reid, for all his brilliance as an offensive strategist, screws up the middle eight once again. That was atrocious. It was horrendous. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, he's got, you know, I thought they lost the game. They had a, they had a, third, and spot, a third and two in the red zone. And he called that kind of weird sprint right, and they and, Mah- and it, the play got diagnosed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes tried to force feed it to the tight end to Kelsey, and it yeah. hit the ground. Then they missed the field goal off that, and then he messes up the middle eight. I thought that sequence when we were going to sit here today, I thought we were going to talk about how he lost the game right there. Yeah, but he has the the cheat code though, Patrick Mahomes. Is what he well, has. I mean, but but I think something happened. I don't know if Gannon did. You think Gannon was watching Rihanna and he didn't pay attention to the to like what do I have to do in the game? I run? think Gannon was looking for real estate in Scottsdale. I think that's what he was doing. I mean, like I don't think like he was... it, it, like you, when you have an extended halftime like that, right? Mm-hmm. For me, if I would have been, if I would have, I would have said, okay, we've done this in the first half. Here's what I want to do in the second half. Here's and this would have been all predetermined. It wouldn't be just okay, let's wing this in the locker room. We know mm-hmm. we have more time, so let's go over our second-half game plan on what the first half brought us. Like, that, to me, should have been the code. Okay, I said this on the on our show on Sunday morning. Uh, I was with Brent when I was eating Sean King uh, uh, praising. Yeah, when yeah. I was doing that. I said to Brent, we were talking about Vic Fangio. I said, the difference is, though, Brent, Vic ain't going to be on the headset, so somebody's going to have to make adjustments during the game. So... Vic can help you with the game plan, but at some point, somebody's got to make the calls and adjust the game. Like, I would have thought if I would have been Jonathan Gannon, I would have had two game plans. I would have had the game plan for the first half, then I would have changed the fronts, changed it a little bit, tried to change up what we were doing the second half, so Andy didn't have a chance to adjust to him. So now he's Mm got to readjust to me while everybody's watching Rihanna. We had so much time. Let's go over our plan here again. Okay, guys, remember we talked about this second half game plan. Here we go. Yeah. But they didn't do it. I mean, he just it gave Andy a chance just to groove it. I mean, that yeah. drive of the second half, the first drive, that was the key drive of the game because that got him what? That got him attached. It got him from 21 to, to 7 to yeah. 21-14. Yeah, it was, right? 20, it was 24-14. Then it became 24-21. And it became 24-21. And then that point we knew it was like, okay, this is going to be a ball and, game. And then, and then the third and 11 where 
when he ran it, when he ran that play on third and eleven, they threw it over to flat to game well, and he got five yards. I thought he was going to go for it. Mickey, mm-hmm. my son, said, "I dad, I think he's going for it." And I thought, man, that's a little far to go for it a third and a third and six, and he kicked the field goal. But at that point, I didn't think the field goal mattered. Yeah, because it was you're giving them the ball back with a chance to take the well, lead. Then, yeah, because I said all week long, I like Philly, but unless Philly had a ten point lead in the fourth quarter, they were going to lose. Yeah, I mean because that and that's what I, that was my mindset in on that drive. We got to score a touchdown here because we got to continue to play from in front in the second half. Gannon, what they were doing, because this is the stat, and this was from Ben Solak of The Ringer. He said that Mahomes getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds in the divisional round against the Jaguars, only 34% of their dropbacks. That was a season low. Conference title versus the Bengals, 40%. That was the second lowest. Last night against the Eagles, 56% getting the ball out under two and a half seconds, the sixth highest all season long. Yeah, but see, I think what Ben misses is you got to understand the coverage to the getting it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jacksonville played some zone dogs. They yep. blitzed. They, they did some weird things. Lou Amaromo was playing man and zone. So there's going to be not those easy, quick throws getting it out yeah. when you mix it up like that, right? This game was all zone. Yep. This game was all, it was, a, it was a Big 12 zone. And so he's getting the ball out. See, those numbers, I, I again, I'm not an anti-analytics, but you have to apply the coverage to getting the ball out. When you're sitting there saying we're going to drop, rush four, drop seven, and there's spots in the zone you can throw to, it's going to be pitch and catch, right? Mm-hmm. But when you disrupt them, you're, what you're saying is you're going to rely on the front four to get there. And that field didn't help the Eagles rush. Let's talk about that. What was up with the field? I mean, that's the way that field's been all year. That's That was a bad, the biggest game of the year. Yeah, but that feels like that all year long. It looked like the, It's like when you go to Green Bay, don't be surprised when you slip. That feels that way in Green Bay all the time. I don't know if they didn't wear the. You got to almost wear the seven inch spikes there when you play. Honestly, I mean, every time I watch Sweat, he was trying to turn the corner. He slipped. He slipped. I mean, we, we saw running backs slipping. We saw right receivers kind of losing their footing. The pass rushers definitely felt like they couldn't get much footing there. And they, I know that reportedly there was like eight hundred thousand dollars poured into that field and like taking care of it and all that stuff. They were making a lot about oh, that George the Sod father and the all Sod that. Father, yeah, but it looked it was just insane. I mean, Hassan Reddick said after the game. Worst field I've ever played on. I think Jordan Mailata said it was like playing on like a water park or whatever. Like that was just, I don't know what was going on yeah, there. Yeah, I, I mean, look, whenever you get that heavy track like that, that certainly helps the defense. There's no doubt. I mean, it helps the offense because what? It slows the speed of the game down. Mm-hmm. I mean, now look, it's the same for both teams, so you can't yeah. complain. But maybe that's why we only saw one sack in the game. Because we didn't hear but Chris They Jones only had game, five did. hits on them. They, 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 yeah. they, they had their defensive front. I mean, when you go through the stat sheet, I mean, Hargraves made his presence felt in the game, but when you go through the tackle chart, right? I mean, you know, Sue, no tackles. You know, Milton Williams had one one tackle. Fletcher Cox, one tackle. Sweat, one tackle. Hassan Riddick, one tackle, but he had two pressure, two quarterbacks hit, right? I mean, you go through this thing, there's like, they've got no, Hargrave was their only player, which he's going to get paid ridiculously. <laughs> Somebody's going to give him a boatload of, a money. Lot of money. He's a really good player. He had five tackles in the game, and only he got one quarterback hit. They had five quarterback hits for the game. Kudos to that Chiefs offensive line. I mean, when yeah. you're not getting pressure with four and you're playing soft zone, you're basically playing a high school game. No disrespect to high school, but that's what you're playing. Yeah. I mean, you've got to mix it up a little bit. You've got to have to have something on your call sheet to kind of get there. You're playing fucking Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. with a bad ankle. 
and and this is what a lot of Philly fans were yelling about dating back to last year with Gannon. Like, oh, we don't blitz more. We don't blitz more. Why aren't we blitzing? Oh, Philly radio today is going good. They, they, they can blame the call. Aren't you glad you're out here and not oh, back? Yeah, back I mean, they could blame the call. But when Bradbury took responsibility on the call, mm-hmm. that, you can't blame the call anymore, right? No. And I don't think you blame the call for why they lost the game because they lost the game because they were giving up four points per possession there. I think that's why you lost. I didn't like the call because I, I usually hate when we see stuff where it's like, oh, that, that that's how the game was going to end with it being a flag that extends the drive to then run the clock out. And to me, it felt a little ticky-tacky. Not, not to give them, not to let the Eagles off the hook, felt a little ticky-tacky. Like, I, like we said before the, the podcast, it was going 69 and a 65 speed limit. Yeah. Like, I, like technically, yes, you're speeding, but I mean. Yeah. Eh. I mean, look, they almost didn't call the, the, you know, the play that right before the fumble, they almost didn't call false start at the line. I don't know what the line judge was looking at. Yeah. I mean, it took the umpire over here and the, and the, and the chiefs were bitching like crazy. Like the guy moved. He moved. Yeah. It took him forever to make that call. You know, they didn't, they didn't call. They, there was not one holding call in the game. No. The league called in. They said, Sheffer, stay out of the game. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the tape. <laughs> I, I have a feeling there probably had been a problem. Like 99% of the time, that return by Tony in the game, the punt return. There's a block on the There back. had to be a, there was, there's going to be a flag on that. Like there has to be, we're going to get the Zabruder film out on that one. There has to be a flag. To on reverse that. field and there'd be no penalty. <laughs> I'm shocked he didn't score. Yeah. He looked like he was going to score. <laughs> That's, I mean, Tony, kudos. I mean, he's one of the more spectacular guys with the ball in his hands. He just doesn't stay healthy. Heck of a play on that one to set the Chiefs up. But you know, it's funny. I sit there and watch the game, and I'm like, what receiver beats your back? Like, you know, Smith-Schuster got his catch. Even Kelsey didn't break your back, right? No. You know, and then what happened in the goal line, give Andy Reid credit for his play design, but they basically were playing the play in the goal line, right? With the zing motion, they were going to cut it. You could see him. And so instead of playing concepts, they played the play, and so they overkilled it. Yeah. No, I thought it was... To me, it felt like the Chiefs won because their coaching staff was more up to the task than the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. We've talked a lot about Gannon, but there was other mistakes I thought Philadelphia made there. In Kansas City, kudos to Andy Reid. After the game, Patrick Mahomes talked about Andy Reid and what he's meant to this team and what he's meant to him and where he stacks up among the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think everybody knew that. Um, but these last two Super Bowls kind of cemented that. Um, and to have someone that um, is, is such a great person who, who gets the best out of uh, the players and uh, to become men and players, um, you wanted to do that. You wanted to win those Super Bowls for them. And it was, uh, it's, it's great that we did that. And uh, like, like he said, man, we're not done. I'm going to have him around here for a little bit longer at least. <laughs> it's funny that he says we're not done because there were some rumblings. I know Jay Glazer in the pregame show that was about six hours long said that potentially Andy Reid could walk away after this game. What would Andy, Andy Reid Open up a cheeseburger stand somewhere? I mean, like, seriously, where's he going? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the guy, he loves it. I mean, he's a football guy. Yeah. He's a football junkie. He loves it. He's got complete control of the organization. Brett Veach does a great job for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a he's got the best quarterback in football. I mean, he's set, far, he yeah. set up a place to where he can just keep driving the car, you know, and, and he can keep adding to his, the team that he wants to add to. I, I think for guys like Reed and Belichick and Pete Carroll that that they've done this job for so long that the it I'm not saying it gets easier for them. It gets more uh the competition they're competing against isn't as great. I mean, look at Reed versus Gannon. It's a mismatch. I mean, it's Honestly, it proved it's out to be a mismatch. I mean, if mismatch. you're if you're Howie Roseman, you're saying, look, you know, I got a better team. I didn't have a better scheme. I got out coached on my my defense got now you can't say that about their offense, but no. You know, but you got to feel like, hey, look, we got to have to fix this defense because we can't play soft like this. 
Reed now has the fifth most wins all time, 247, second most playoff victories with 22, 10 conference title games, four Super Bowl appearances, also has two Super Bowl championships. He's stacking on that resume. And as long as he has Mahomes, I don't see how this thing slows down because this was supposed to be the reset year. Yeah. We talked about this a lot during the offseason. They trade Tyreek Hill. They're trying to get the cap situated to fit Mahomes' contract and this whole thing. And they win the Super Bowl in the year where they were supposed to kind of quote unquote, take a step back. Yeah, and look, every one of those games, I mean, if you're if you're Cincinnati and you're Zach Taylor, I mean, you had a chance to beat him. You punt the ball down the goddamn middle of the field. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you killed yourself. I mean, Andy punted the ball down the middle of the field when he was messing up the middle eight, too. And Covey returned that kick. So, you know, since he's sitting there, they have every chance to sit there and say, look, but, I, I mean, we can say they're all going to – you got to deal with Burrow. I mean, they're going to yeah, deal with Burrow. Burrow's really good. you got to deal with Josh Allen, too. I mean, for the Chiefs to get where they got to and with all the good quarterbacking play that's in the NFC, AFC yeah. is a miracle. The, the Eagles are sitting there saying, wait a minute, we had the greatest opportunity. We had a Gonzaga schedule. You know, we got to play a, a non-playoff team in the in the Giants. I mean, come on, let's be clear here. Giants fans are going to be mad at you. <laughs> I mean, they're not a playoff team. I mean, they got there, and it's great for them, but they're not a playoff team in terms of it. I mean, compare that game last night to the talent level of the Giants. Come on, please stop. The game was over five minutes right. in. You know, we didn't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota yeah. stinks. And then we get and then we play San Francisco, who's really good, but they lose their quarterback. So, like, I mean, if there was ever a perfect situation for you, it was. F- feels kind of like a missed opportunity. I think Kyle feels today. Shanahan. Oh. Gosh. I mean, you got to be kicking yourself. It's like, damn, like we, I don't know how that game plays out. I think I still would have favored Philly if Brock Purdy stays healthy or if they had Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. But you got to at least feel like, man, we, we could have played with those guys. Yeah, they would have scored 35 guys. on, they would have scored 34 on San Francisco, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't. I, don't I mean, Hurts like looked way different in this game than he did in that game. He most definitely did. But the Niners had the best defense all season long. No Talk doubt about that. And, Kansas City's defense kind of holding on for dear life, but it felt like both defenses really were holding on for dear life in that game, game it was, last we, night. We should have played it in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, or on field turf. Maybe we'll get a better surface yeah. next time. Uh, that, it's funny because that surface, they use it in the Orange Bowl, or not the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl between it Michigan and TCU. Then. It was bad then. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it's just bad it's just, inherently. You know, yeah, and I, I mean, I want to play the Super Bowl on grass. I think there's no doubt, but you want to have a better traction. I, I, I think maybe they weren't wearing the long. Like, when you go to Green Bay, you've got to wear the long. There's a great scene of Sean Payton in the Super Bowl in Miami. Mm-hmm. Mike Bell comes off the field after he slipped and Sean says to Mike Bell, "Were you wearing the were you wearing the the, the 5 inch and Bell's like, "No, cuz the players don't want to wear those heavy spikes. They don't want to wear the deep spikes." And 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 Sean says, "Figures cuz the kid didn't listen to him." Like and maybe that was the case a little bit. Some of those D linemen didn't want to wear those deeper spikes. That happens. Oh, well, they're slipping and sliding like they're at a water park. In that game there. Michael, let's take our first break. We'll get to the Philadelphia Eagles side of thing. They got here NFC champions, but they fall short last night against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll discuss it here on the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's talk the Eagles side of this here, Michael. The call at the end of the game there, a lot of Philly fans not happy with that one. Nobody wants to really see a championship game end that way, but, I mean, by definition, it was a hold. The refs called the it, so you can't really jersey. blame it. I mean, the guy it, pulled, he, it was running he, he a did. smash route. He was coming, pivoting back out. They were running, and they played man, which they don't want to do. We saw mm-hmm. Bradbury. Uh, Maybe that know, was why. And, and, and he <laughs> pulled him, and the kid admitted he pulled him. Look, look, I don't want the game to end up that way, but, you know, like, if that was where the ball was, if he would, if they would have called that, and Mahomes was throwing the ball on the other side, I got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, but that's where the ball was going. Now, I guess the question is, if if he wasn't throwing the wheel route, he converted it to a wheel because he got held. So the play was going to be throw the ball to Schuster in the flat. Mm-hmm. Would could Bradbury have tackled him and made him kick the field goal, put him in a fourth and two at that point, right? Yeah. Just say he doesn't hold him. And then I think he tackles him anyway. He pivots back out and he tackles him before he gets to the sideline. So, look, these games never come down to just one play. No. When we fo- when you give up 4.62 per possession and you're crying about a call, cry somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Your tears aren't worthy here. And to Bradbury's credit, he said after the game, quote, it was a holding. I tugged on the jersey. So he took full responsibility for it and stood up there by his locker and said, hey, I made a mistake. He's a man. And- he did it. I mean, look, he, it, it hurts. He did exactly what men do, take accountability for it. That That's not why they lost. I mean, they lost because they didn't adjust. They couldn't stop the Chiefs in the second half. You mm-hmm. know, they they turned the ball over for a touchdown. I mean, they're look, when you give up a touch, when you give up points on a touch, when you on a turnover, give up forget turning the ball over. You give up points on a turnover, yeah. plus you give up you give up 4.62 per possession, you're going to lose. I mean, how about points per play? That's another stat we look at. I think what they have mm-hmm. sixty-one plays in the game. Yep, I think they had six point eight yards per play, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, six point six point four yards per play. I so mean, the Eagles so five point eight. Eagles five point eight, but 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 points per play. So they had how many? So when you go down and look at it, they had how many plays? They had sixty-one plays. Mm-hmm. No, excuse me, they had 50, fifty-three. They had fifty-three plays. That um, let's had, do a little math. Here. They had so thirty-eight they had 50, points. They had thirty-eight points. All right, so they had divided by fifty-three. That's 0.71 points per play. That's ridiculous. Like, usually yeah. NFL games are somewhere 0.4, 0.3. That's good per play. Mm-hmm. That's 7-1 per play. I mean, that's why you lose. I mean, think about it. The guy only had eight possessions. They scored 37 points, and they punted twice. Yeah. And you're going to blame one call? Come on. Well, that's what, that's what we do. It's recency bias. we got to look at the last thing that we saw. Uh, but to your point, though, in the second half, said before last night, this is a note from our producer, Elliot. Teams leading by double digits at halftime were 26-1 and in Super Bowl history. Lone loss being the Falcons in Super Bowl 51 when they led by 18. Eagles were up 24-14 to in the first half. Yeah, Andy gave them three at the end of the half. He just yeah. gave them, flat out just gave them three. Didn't have a problem with that. 
you know, the call, <laughs> I, I thought the catch wasn't a catch on Smith out there. I thought the ball moved. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I mean, look, they, they, that's the thing about the Chiefs. I said this all week. The Chiefs could play from behind. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We knew that. The Eagles needed to play from in front. They did, but the Eagles needed to, that one red zone stop where they got the, you know, where they got the third and 11, where, and they got the, had to throw the check down and make it 27 21. That really was the game because now with the ball, I could gain the lead. Yeah. No, I, I thought, and mainly to that point, it almost feels like the Eagles had to play from ahead be, to help out their defensive coordinator versus the offense because I thought Hertz was fantastic. Last night, I mean, 27 of 38, 304 yards, one passing touchdown, three rushing touchdowns. He's second QB in NFL history with three rushing TDs in the playoff game, joining Otto Graham from the 1954 NFL Championship. Obviously, that's 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 great company to be in there. Hertz played the best game, I thought, maybe of his entire career, honestly. Had the big mistake, though, but outside of that mistake, he was just unflappable in a big spot. And make, I mean, what did he convert all those third downs with great throws with precision? He was amazing. Throws. He was really great with it. <laughs> was, I mean, yeah. so I, I mean, look, if he plays like that, I mean, wow, that that's, that that's Give him all the money to me. <laughs> when you have the ball 24 minutes and score 37 points. I mean, think about that. They had, the, they only had the ball 24 minutes. One of my favorite props was Mahomes on the over completion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you would have thought that would have hit. Yeah. I thought that would have hit, because, but they didn't have the ball enough for it to hit. They only had the ball eight minutes in the first half. They only had the ball two minutes in the second quarter. He had 21 completions in 24 minutes. And you're going to blame a call? I mean, think about it. You know, There's a lot of conversation about when Andy Reid went up by eight when he yes. kicked the extra point. What was your reaction? I thought he should have gone for two because I thought the value of going up nine was Greater than only being up by seven if you didn't get the two point. I, I disagreed. I thought it now you go up eight, mm-hmm. they need a touchdown and a two point conversion, and you're still tied. You're tie, still yep. tied. So I'm, I'm, I've got no blood. If I go for two and don't get it, I'm up seven. Yep. Okay. And Sirianni is going to go for two when he comes down there. Because at that point, there was 922 left to go in the game. So you think that. Let's say the Eagles score with six minutes left or so. Do you think they go for two to go? Oh, I think by he's one? going for two, yeah. Because he's got hurt. I mean, Hurts should have been stopped on the two point conversion anyway. God, he is so damn strong. I mean, he was hard to tackle, right? I yeah. mean, like my son said, he, well, he squats 600 pounds. It's hard to get him on the ground, right? So he converts that. If you got a chance to play to get the lead, you got to do it. I thought that was the right call. Everybody, Andy's mm-hmm. too conservative. No, if you have a chance to eliminate the two point play so they got to score and get two and you're mm-hmm. still not losing. I'm taking that. The reason, I'm taking that. The reason why I disagree is because if you go up by nine, you put them in a world of hurt. You do, but if you, you don't, them, if you don't, and he goes yeah. for two, now I'm in a world of hurt. I would rather get. I would have rather had the ball last with the score tied, knowing I could get it to overtime, mm-hmm. than having that. I got to play from behind. I got to get something. Now it worked out perfectly for him, but I think to me. I don't think it was conservative. I think, yeah, I it, was, it, was conservative. It, was I think it was really just really good strategy. I would rather guarantee my team a chance to go to overtime than mm-hmm. to be chasing that one point. No. That's, that's, and because I'm convinced Sirianni would have gone for it for two. I mean, they were aggressive throughout the game. Other than the go up 27-21, they were going for it said, I think if you ask both coaches today, what do they regret? I think Andy Reid probably is kicking himself in his ass for the third and two call in the red zone off the before the missed field goal. I think he really mm-hmm. feels like, I wish I had that call back. 
And I think Sirianni wishes he had the third and 11 callback. Yeah. I think he wishes he had that callback. I think that's the the one, the two calls in the game that he said, okay, we, we really didn't maximize our situation. Third and 11, you know, and, and, and get the ball back. I think he expected them to run zero blitz. He ran a crosser, remember, and they rallied and tackled it for five mm-hmm. yards. So I think he was expecting pressure, you know, and he was going to get a man beat. So he ran a man beater, and it, it became a zone, and I think that's what happened. After the game, Jalen Hurts talked about how you either win or you learn, and Hurts I thought was really impressive. We'll play the clip here shortly, and I want to talk more about Jalen Hurts, but here's what he had to say uh, to the media after their loss to the Chiefs. Man, I think um, you want to cherish you want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you come so far with. You know, um, your family, uh, your loved ones, your teammates, your peers, everyone that you you do it with and do it for. You know, and I'm I'm so proud of this team. You know, I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome. Obviously, we had a a big-time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish, and we came up short. You know, I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone experiences different um, agonies of life. But you decide if you want to learn from it. You decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment. And I, I know what I'll do. Mike, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I hate the Eagles just inherently. It's hard not to love Jalen Hurts, yeah. man. He is so impressive. I mean, look, and I never thought mm-hmm. he could reach this level, and who did, right? You get benched for two in a playoff game, in a championship yeah. game. Have to go to Oklahoma. You know, doesn't really throw the ball with great anticipation, but yet he's he's got incredible character. Oh, my god! And gosh. I think that's part of what you can't, you really can't maximize, right? So we were in Cleveland. We were trying to come up with a an understanding of what makes great quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. Trent Green gets an eighth-round draft pick, gets cut by the Chargers, gets cut in Canada, kind of bounces around. It's And a lot of it, it comes down to the character of the player, right? The the the, the intestinal fortitude of the player. Yep. This kid's remarkable in that area, you know, because for some of his deficiencies that he does have, that the Eagles mm-hmm. have done a great job of, 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 of hiding, yeah. like any quarterback, right? that he's overcomes them with this character. Now, they're going to have to pay him, and he's going to get a huge chunk of money, and he's well-deserved because he put them on their back, you know, and, and he mm-hmm. covered up for what their problems were. So, I mean, he's an impressive kid, and it, you want to build around somebody like that. You want your best player to be the best leader, the hardest worker, and he obviously is. I mean, you think about the guys who are in that locker room, like Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Those guys gravitated around Jalen Hurts. It's like, oh, like, this is our unquestioned leader. Right. And they've been around the block. Those guys have won Super Bowls in the past regime with Doug Peterson. But they just were like, hey, Hurts is the guy, and he is kind of the face of this team. After the game, Patrick Mahomes, this is the winning quarterback in the Super Bowls, about Jalen Hurts said, quote, if there were any doubters left, there shouldn't be now. That was a special performance that I don't want to get lost in the loss that they had. Make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. That's classy that he says that because it's true. I mean, the third and seventh or 12th throw to to Goddard was incredible. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he made some incredible throws in the game that I didn't think he was capable. I'm, I'm sure Steve Spagnuolo feels the same way. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he could make that throw. You know, and he did. And, and you know, and he ran the ball with – look, Miles Sanders was a non-factor oh in the game. God, game will wasn't a, wasn't a factor <laughs> in the game. You know, he was going to throw the ball – and they did exactly what they needed to do, except 
the defense didn't show up. So mm-hmm. I agree with Mahomes. Don't lose sight of I mean, look, Chuck Halley just got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He was one of the few players who won MVP of a Super Bowl. He's the only one. On a losing team. I mean, you could have easily given Hurts the MVP of this game. Like, they gave it to Mahomes, but there's nothing in the stat sheet that says Mahomes was the MVP. He was thrown against a high school defense, right? <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, even Mahomes would say this to you because he's such a humble kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really have a hard throw in the game. Now, he made a great run on the scramble. The play on the, the drive, game, thought, yeah. on the drive, on the first drive of the second half, that scramble there where he was hurt, he, that was a great call. And then the play of the game, which was reminiscent of the Tennessee game. Do you remember we talked about the Tennessee game all the time where – where we said he, he's going to take off and run like he did in Tennessee, which won that Tennessee game for him in overtime. So, but there was nothing that you said, wow. Like, I, if they said Hertz was the MVP of the game, even though they lost, that, like, he was unbelievably the best quarterback on the field that day. He just lost. Yeah. Now, you took the question right out of my mouth because I wanted to ask you, I was like, do you think that this is one of those rare instances where the losing quarterback should have been the MVP? He was the best player on the field last night. That was by far. I thought, by know? far. Like, he was the best player on the field. Unfortunate for him. I mean, obviously being a team game, that's why we love football. His team came up short as a whole there, but I thought he was terrific in that game. And for the Eagles, the strength of schedule was talked about quite a bit in the lead up. The lack of playing elite quarterbacks was talked about quite a bit. But I still came away from the game last night of like, okay, they didn't lose because they played an easy schedule. They just lost because the defensive game plan wasn't what it needed to be, I thought, in this game. like it, To me, because I think that's going to be the narrative. Of, oh, the Eagles weren't as good as everybody thought they were. The, the defense was overrated. The pass rush was overrated. I think that's a little misguided. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. I think, to me, they, they dominated who they played, so throw that out. Exactly. This is the NFL. I, I it's think not college me, football. I think, to me, the like, interesting thing is going to be for Philly is who they hire as defense coordinator. That's going to yeah. be a real interesting hire. If Gannon does, in fact, get this Arizona, Arizona job like many of us feel he will, uh, who do they hire, and how do they change that? Because if you're Howie Roseman today, flying back to Philadelphia, uh, you built the team with a great front. You're going to lose a lot of those front players, right? You're going to have to, you know, you're not going to sign. Har- it's going to be hard to sign Hargraves back. It's going to be high, but you can still have a good defensive front. But you know mm-hmm. one thing: you can't play the way we played and play against the league quarterbacks. I think that was the thing that got hidden in their schedule. They didn't play elite quarterbacks or elite offenses. I mean, Rodgers put 33 on them. Dak put 40. But they turned the ball over four times in that when Dak put 40 the on them. Game, yeah. So it was hard to find a tape where you could take, you could see that you could take advantage of their secondary if you could block them. I mean, mm-hmm. that was obvious on the tape. But if you're Howie, you've got to sit there and say, How, what do we do? How do we fix this defense to complement what we do offensively? I think that's going to be the interesting hire. I mean, who does he go to? I think they need to change their philosophy, become more of a man team, rely on their front, more of a press mm-hmm. team, disrupt the you know, don't let it easy for the opposing offense because yeah. it isn't about winning the East. That's not the concern. The concern is, can we beat San Francisco? Can we beat Kansas City? That, to me, is you have to say, put that up there. That's the, that's where, you, can we beat Buffalo? Can we beat like Buffalo would have would have moved the ball on them all day? Can we beat Cincinnati? Can we beat Cincinnati? If you're Howie Roseman, that's what you got to look at. On the flight back home to Philadelphia, are the Eagles saying to themselves, "How did we lose to that team?" Of course they are. It's the same thing the Patriots said when they lost to Philly. I mean, I talked to people after that game. How, how the fuck did we gain 500 yards against them? We gained 500 yards against them. I yeah. mean, and you know, and Brendan Graham made the play of the game. It's it's no different than this game, right? 
Graham's fumble on Brady at the two-minute warning won the game for him. Yep. They never stopped. They never stopped. Came down to one play. Came down to one play. It's the same thing in this game. I mean, the penalty, the, the you know, the, the missed field goal is a turnover. You know, we said all week long, Bucker was not reliable outside of 40 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that. So I think to me, the Phillies sitting there saying, look, if we had any defense of all, if we had any defensive strategy at all, we probably going to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an opportunity that's lost for this Eagles team. Terrific all season long. And in the biggest game, unfortunately, their defense couldn't get them the stops. They couldn't get home on Mahomes. And we said, if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, I know you talked about it quite a bit. Chiefs have the advantage because they have the best guy in football. I mean that that third and third and you know that third and eleven call there that he has to settle on the crosser and he goes up twenty seven twenty one. You know, I, I mean, and I'm not an aggressive guy by nature, but I would have probably thought about going for it, going for it because I think you almost have to because that's that three points wasn't really it. It ended up not being a, a difference maker in the game. It's easy to say in hindsight, but to me, once he scored in the second half. To make it 24-21, you knew you were gonna that game. As I sat on my couch, I thought you're gonna you were gonna need 41 to win the game. I thought you're gonna need three more. I thought you but they were milking so much of the clock. It was hard to really. Yeah, the game got reduced so much. because the first half felt like it took forever. Second half, it was man, we were gonna get about that three clock drives was or so I mean, per Well, team? that drive that they got three yeah. points on, they went 16 plays. I mean, it's seven a, minutes or so. seven minutes or so. So it's hard. Yeah. Did you have the volume on last night? Yeah, I had Melly there. I had to, although I couldn't really hear it that well. I didn't really hear much of it. I had my grandsons running around the house. I was playing pizza, <laughs> you know, throwing them up in the air. We played, you know, we, we're, we're kind of doing a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah, it was fun, though. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go back and watch the broadcast and see what it was like. But we were doing the show, so we never have the audio on. Yeah. Too. I, was, I saw everything, but uh, I didn't hear what I mean, they were I, saying. When I get back to Jersey, I'll watch the tape of the game. <laughs> yeah. I'll have it for the Thursday pod. Okay. Have some chuckles. <laughs> All right, let's take another break here. We'll talk about the Eagles and what they do on the other side because their coaches, their coordinators, I should say, might be getting some head coaching jobs in the NFL coming up shortly here. But this is the GM Shuffle. We'll be back on the other side. So the dominoes now starting to fall in the head coaching searches after the Eagles lost the Kansas City Chiefs last night, 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. We saw the report early in the morning, I'd say late morning or so, from Adam Schefter of ESPN, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network as well, that Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is scheduled to fly to Indianapolis today to finalize the deal to become the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts as the Eagles and coach continue to kind of trade coaches <laughs> yeah. going all the way back to Frank Wright going from Philly to Indianapolis. But what do you make of this potential hire of Shane Steichen, which will probably become finalized later this afternoon? I mean, we said it on the show yesterday morning, Patrick and I did that. He was, I had, I said 95.5% that he was getting the job because I could never predict with Ursa, you know, could sneaks Jeff Saturday in the park in <laughs> at the last second. He might hire me as the head coach. Look, I, I think if you're Chris Ballard and the Colts, you're saying, the one thing the Colts wanted through the interview process was to keep Gus Bradley. That they made that very clear. Mm-hmm. So even though they interviewed defensive coaches, they wanted they were they were not going to let Bradley out of there. They loved Bradley. I think Jim Irsay's daughter loved Bradley and really felt comfortable with him in the building. And they loved Bubba Ventrone, their special teams coach. Yep. So two thirds of the team's coaching staff they loved. So that put him in position to then say, okay, who's the best offensive guy out there? And then what what Hertz has been able to accomplish and what Steichen was able to do in terms of bringing that college element to the quarterback position enhanced his value. And I think that's ultimately what, what got him the job here. Now, 
you know, they'll have their opportunity to go out in the college and whether they take C.J. Stroud or somebody else, Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson, I don't know who they're going to go with because it's too early to say. Yeah. But they will be a six-back team next year. They will be some form of a six-back team because I think uh-huh. Steichen is going to take that Eagle offense with him to there because he knows it works if you get the right guy at quarterback, whether it's Hurts, whether it's Anthony Richardson, if he'll work as, you know, Richardson's obviously has enormous talent. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, but he's just not he's raw. I mean, he's just an uncut diamond. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to have to finish him off. So, I think that's that to me is the move. How Philly replaces Steichen, I don't think is as because Sirianni obviously allowed him to call the plays. I'm sure yep. they can find They're not going to change what they do in Philly. <clears throat> the rules might change. I mean, at some point this aiding the runner from behind this rugby play, which I thought was illegal, would be is going to get you can I can promise you the competition committee is yeah. going to do everything in their power to take that play out of football. I think so too because it's 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 really absurd. It, it's made they they were great at it. Don't get me wrong, and every team could do the same thing, but I think to me it smacks at the rule, which is you can't aid the, the runner from behind. It's the most unstoppable play in football, right? When you like you can't do anything. You got a guy who benches six hundred uh, squats six hundred pounds, and yeah. you get a, a three hundred pound man pushing him behind him. The pile's going to move. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 come to the point where fourth and one as a defense are just helpless. Yeah, with that play, which is not in and the spirit you know, of the and game. And a lot of it too is their pad level; they get behind. You know, they yeah. do all that. But I mean, you know, I think to me they have they'll look at that rule. There's no doubt. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Steichen is going to bring over the six back offense. He did come from Los Angeles, where he was the OC of the Chargers, and he was calling plays for Justin Herbert his rookie season there. Do you think that Steichen would only want to do the six-back, or I can think he also work as well I think, for the traditional passer? I, I think because of the the vet, look, as Parcells always says, we can only take what the college gives us, right? Yeah. You can't invent something. Now, if they had Justin Herbert in a drop-back pass game that came comes to him in their pick, oh, it's easy, but who's that uh, in the draft? You know, who's that guy? So you're going to get somebody who's very athletic, who's going to like Hurts, who you could maybe manufacture into this, who's got... See, what I think people are missing on on Hurts is is the work ethic. Yep, is the, 100%. Is the character of the human being. 100%. Like, that that allows him to take his game to another level. The character of him is what makes a huge difference. That's the most impressive thing about Jalen Hurts is that since his freshman year at Alabama, he's gotten better every single year watching this guy. I remember as a freshman at Bama, they played the Washington Huskies, a team that I root for in the playoff. And I was like, this guy can't throw. Like, he's a running back. Like, we're gonna, like they should be able to stop this Bama offense. Now, Bama, of course, trucked them in the game. Yeah. But that was what Hurts was his first year. And they ultimately lost the national title to Clemson. And since then, though, he's gotten better at like, quantum leaps every single year because of that work ethic. Right. You can't just project that onto any old person. Like, you got to know what you're getting if that person that you're getting plus, also has that work ethic. Plus, he, you know, he got benched in a, in a, in a college championship Title game, game yeah. and didn't pout, No, didn't, didn't cry, you know, was on the sideline cheering for Tua. That was impressive, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't get pissed off. He transferred because he wanted to keep playing. And, I mean, the kid has handled every setback and turned into a comeback. I mean, you can't re- – so when you're looking at players in this draft – you're using Hertz as the model. Can't do that. You got to make sure the guy's character matches Hertz, yeah. not not the guy's just his physical skills. No, hundred percent. And Hertz even he stuck around the year after he got benched in that title game because remember he came in in the SEC championship when Tua got hurt against Georgia and he saved the day that game. So he 
didn't play for much of that season, comes in, was ready, he saves the day, they go on to the national title game and ultimately win it there. I like, mean, this his is, parents should take a bow. They raised honestly, a hell of a kid. Like, he's a hell of a person, man. And it hates that I can't, I hate that I can't root against him. Root <laughs> for him to fail because I'm like, I like him as a person, but he happens to be the quarterback what would of the Eagles. have done with him? Don't what even get me, don't even get me started on that. I mean, he's not my problem anymore. Yeah, Joystick's not your problem <laughs> anymore. Watch problem. Joystick. He's going to go out there with Herbert. They're going to throw the ball all over the lot. Everybody's going to love Joystick next year. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves that coaching staff. Do you think it's the proper way to build, though, in Indianapolis was saying, okay, Steichen, your defensive coordinator is set, your special teams coordinator is set? No, Do I don't. Okay. I you, don't, you don't at like all. That. I mean, okay. I think it, how are we going to develop players? I mean, I mean, Gus Bradley's. Did we forget the Minnesota game where they play Palms the second half of the game? Like, seriously. Got shredded. They got shredded. Like, I, I mean, I like Gus. Gus has been, you know, his scheme. Even Pete doesn't run his scheme anymore. Yeah, Dan Quinn stopped it, too. Dan Quinn stopped it. So, like, unless you got assurances from Bradley that you're going to change what you're doing, I, I don't see it. But they love him there, and they're in this subcontractor mode. And if you're Ballard, you you were really worried, are we going to develop talent? Now, you get Steichen developed hurts, right? They've played a lot of young players at Philly, so maybe you feel like you'll get that going. But to me, Steichen's number one job is to get the offensive line in Indianapolis to play at the level that we thought they could play at, not the way they've been playing with Wright. Yeah, they've invested a lot in that offensive line. One of the biggest disappointments this NFL season was them playing poorly. Uh, Ballard feels like he's on the hot seat, though. Things well, I mean, you know, well, when man. you get, you know, he got, this well, is. look, give Ballard credit. He kept Saturday in the park from going there. He threw his body up again, you know, I mean, because God knows that's where, when does Saturday come back to ESPN? That's yeah, the other issue we haven't talked about, right? Like Saturday in the park's going to be on the phone with Ursay. If yeah. you're Steichen, you're saying like, how is this happening? You know that red <laughs> phone that Batman would talk to Commissioner Gordon? That's going to be the Ursay phone to the Saturday in the park. Special consultant? Is that what they're going to give him? Yeah, I mean, all we need is Alfred the butler to come in. <laughs> Advisor to the owner? God so bless bad. the Colts. Yeah. Sorry, Elliot. <laughs> Hopefully they can turn it around. The Arizona Cardinals, though, they're expected to hire a coach this week as well. All signs point to Jonathan Gannon, Gannon yeah. who, if you've been listening to this podcast and you made it this far, you know that we have not been high on him with what he did in the Super Bowl last night. And also this dates back to last, last year. year. I yeah, wasn't. Like, I was they, killing him last year. Yeah, we're, not, we're not second guessing like we say. This no, is a first guess. No, deal. I mean, I, I've like never seen the brilliance of him as a coach. Like, I've never seen it during there. And, and maybe he has it that I can't find it. So, I mean... That's going to be an interesting conversation. You go in with the mayor and say you're, you know, because Vance Joseph did a really good job for what he had in terms of his talent, mm -hmm. what they did. I thought Vance Joseph did a really good job, and I think Vance Joseph was one of the few guys in that building that that the players respected. So Gannon's walking into a tough job. That's going to be a Very hard good. job. You're taking over for a coach that the players liked, that was trying to hold accountability, and then you're inheriting this quarterback who's a loose cannon who's not going. to, I promise you, I don't give a shit what they say. If he plays by October one, that's a miracle. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Expect I think he starts the year on pup. So you're gonna. It's gonna be a whole. That's gonna be a hell. Of, that's a challenging job. And the owner has control of the 53 man roster. So you know you're still dealing with that. It feels like Kyler's 2024. That's what it feels like. I, I think so. Yeah, that's. Is, is is this the toughest job of of the jobs that we've seen come open this cycle? To me, this feels like the hardest one to kind of turn around. I Given that the quarterback is well, hurt. Well, because you got Kyle sitting up there. You got Sean McVay. You're competing against two really good coaches, yeah. right? So you got those two guys you're competing against. So, you, you know, and then you got Pete Carroll up in Seattle, and they've got a oh, bunch of draft picks. They're going to re-sign Geno. So it's going to be a hard division to handle. Yeah, that's a very tough division there. Uh, 
Good luck to Jonathan Gannon, and good luck to the Arizona Cardinals after what they saw last night. I'm sure they're thrilled with that higher uh, fan base in the Valley of the Sun. Real quick, some other QB notes here that we should get to before we uh, wrap up this segment. Derek Carr has informed the Las Vegas Raiders that he will not accept a trade to the New Orleans Saints or any team for that matter. Vegas now expected to release Carr over the next 48 hours. All right, so really why? Why would you not accept the trade? Because you don't, you're not happy with the contract. So mm-hmm. whomever takes Carr on is basically saying, here's what we're willing to pay. And if that doesn't entice you, then you want to become a player into the free market. So now I go into the free market, my contract gets absolved, so now I start anew. See, the the beautiful thing for New Orleans was they could have taken that money he was owed, $120 million, $40 guaranteed, and turned it into something that they could really put him into their cap. Now, they could still do that. Mm-hmm. You know, They could make him cap-friendly for two years if they wanted to, but obviously it's also now, it's not a cap issue any longer, it becomes a cash issue. How much are we willing to spend on car for the next three years? Will he get... 70 million for two will he get 80 for two will he get 90 for two i mean that's the issue so the only way to know that is to become a free agent yeah because water seeks its level right so once you're out there you'll find out who's all there and i mean i don't the raiders weren't trying to get a one or a two i've said this on this pod many times if they were going to get a saturday pick that was going to be a a really good good play yeah so it's not about the Raiders are holding it up because they want compensation. I think a lot of it is because of Carr's contract and because of how Carr fits into the other team's cap. And the reason why he was able to do this is because he has the no-trade clause in his contract. Yeah. So he can say, hey, I'm not going to accept the deal. And Which, the Raiders, you just got to yeah. take what you I mean, because he's got to, re- no matter where he goes, he's got to redo the contract. Yep. He goes to New Orleans, he's got to redo the contract. If he goes to another desperate team for a quarterback, he goes to the Jets, he's going to have to redo the contract. Nobody wants to take on that without redoing the deal. So now he's got to have a say in how he redoes his contract. So he visited the New Orleans Saints last week, and it sounds like it was like a two-day visit. Yeah, but obviously he didn't there. like what he heard. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't I like mean, what he heard. I mean, the agent didn't there. like the contract. Yeah, I th- maybe that's more so what it I don't think been. it was held up because the Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, says, I only want a two for this guy. Ziegler knows he's in no position. He's got to take yeah. what they give him, right? So I think a lot of it was, hey, we'll pay you – 50 over two. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not doing that deal. Yeah. You know, and we'll give you a 30 guaranteed and we'll, you know, no, let me go out in the market and see what the market value is. And the only way you know that is to get into free agency. Now that he goes into free agency, what kind of contract do you think he'll get? And can the New Orleans Saints match these other teams in an open market? I mean, the New Orleans had their chance at the plate and I would think they're, if they want them, they're going to have to come up with the offer. What, what is the best way to get what you want in any negotiation is to say no. Yeah. and walk away. When you have that ability to say no and walk away, when you don't, when you have a timetable on it, you know, there's a great saying by Duke Ellington, I don't need more time, I need a deadline. When you put a deadline <laughs> on contracts, you know, then they have to get done. When you have more time, you can try to stir up. And look, Carr's very good politically now. He's got all these, he's got Tom Palacero, he's got, he's got all these guys working. <laughs> They're doing PR? Doing the PR for him. So, you know, if you're the GM, you're sitting there saying, well, you know, the 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 Cardinals really love the car or, you know, the Bucks want car. You, you're going to have to figure out what's real. And then not only do you have to figure out what's real, you got to figure out what's the real money. Yeah. There's one thing for you and I to have an interest. It's another thing. What are we willing to pay? No, that's 100%. Deadlines make deals, as we oftentimes say yeah. uh, in the National Football League and other aspects of our lives. Uh, speaking of deadlines, who knows what the hell deadline it is? 
the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Well, he went is on. In, Andy Dufresne he, went into the thing today. Yeah, he, today's the day. That today, well, last the night retreat. he was playing classical music, and he got and and and, and Warden uh, Crichton came in and got him out of that. No, Warden Crichton's from Batman. I forget what the Warden's name from Shawshank. Anyway, the Warden comes in, puts him in the hole. Mm-hmm. And he's down there for four days. Andy Dufresne got 30 days for playing Mozart. I mean, this guy's only getting four days. And then when he comes out, here's what I don't know. We're all talking about this. Like, how do you trade for a guy that you know, you don't know how long he's going to play for? How do you do that? You you have to contractually get something written in the contract. But would he ever agree to something like, hey, you have to play X amount of years or if you retire – you owe us X amount of dollars or whatever that like, we can kind of work some things He's around. He's got all the leverage. He man. has all. He has all. The I, leverage. I think Green Bay is said enough was enough. I know Big they, Daddy said enough was enough. Big Daddy sent his memo out to there <laughs> he? that yeah, he's done with them. <laughs> like he it, wants to get on the Jordan Love train. If I, I'm intrigued by Jordan Love, man. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what we're gonna see, but that Eagles second half when he came in when Rodgers got hurt. He made some throws. Is, is what all? Yeah, that's, that's what I'll say. Jonathan Gannon taking another one on the chin. <laughs> Cannon just catching strays all over the oh, place. Yeah, catching strays <laughs> left and right. But Rodgers, the report came out in the New York Post that the Jets and Packers have had kind of preliminary discussions about some sort of a trade. Now it's still early on. Do you think the Jets are the favorite to land Rodgers if he I were think to say the he locked favorite? Because look, okay. at this point in your life, you don't want to change the language you speak. You know, That's a good like point. and yep. so Hackett has the offensive numbers, the codes, and all that. So like. You know, if he goes to Josh McDaniel's system and at the Raiders, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. That's something he's never been a part of. Rogers is really smart. I'm not saying he can't learn it, but it's. But does good, he want to learn? Does it? he want to learn it? Yeah. What do the Raiders do if they don't get Rogers and Carr goes elsewhere? Well, I mean, I think they they've got to draft one. I mean, they have a high draft pick. They're gonna to have to draft one. They're gonna need a young quarterback. I'm sure they got to re-sign Stidham, who at least looked decent in the one game against the 49ers. You got Garoppolo out there. You got other options. You're going to have to look mm-hmm. into that. But I think for the Raiders to build their program the right way, they're going to they're going to have to draft somebody. All right. I mean, they're going to have to draft somebody, you know, and and go from there and try to build around that guy. Because look, the one thing we know about the Raiders defensively on their talent level, that was not very good. I mean, Man. so they have all this cap room. They're going to have to put money into their defense. They just can't give fifty million to one guy and say, okay, we're just one player away. Would mm-hmm. would would Rogers make them a better team? No doubt. But they got to get the. The Eagles were able to build their team around a young quarterback. That's what. That's really what the recipe for the Raiders is, and they have to have patience to do it. You know, the Raiders have only what? They've been to the playoffs twice since 2 mm-hmm. I mean, everybody thinks the Raiders are like this incredibly talented team. Like they haven't built a team with a lot of good players around. That's what they need to do. Yeah, well, people don't like your boy Josh McDaniels, so they're going to try to put the heat on him if they don't win next year. Yeah, I mean, that, that, who... But, <laughs> But that's Twitter. Everybody don't like nobody. I mean, you know, like seriously, who? Everyone hates I everyone. mean, <laughs> except we all love Jonathan Gannon, of course. Uh, let's take our final break. We'll get to the awards and also take a look at next year's way too early Super Bowl odds for Super Bowl Fifty Eight, which will be here in Las Vegas. All right, let's hand out some hardware, Michael. Last night, of course, the commissioner handed the Lombardi Trophy to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP, but everyone wants to know what our awards are. Yeah. Fred Palermo, best game plan of the week. Well, Who's I got to give it to Tal, but he had the return. I mean, the mm-hmm. Tony return was huge. Actually almost cost him because it, they moved too quickly to score. The Eagles yeah. came right back and scored again. But, I mean, you got to give the special teams credit there. They missed it. You know, we this was two bad special teams. Covey had a return, too, in the game. Yep. When Andy punted it down the middle of the field at the end of the half, which you could never do, but they do. 
Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, look, I, I give top credit as teams covered. Both teams wanted nothing to do with the return game on no. the kickoff. They kicked it out of the end zone all the time. They know they can't cover. <laughs> I mean, they spot the ball at the 25. So I, I, I'll give it to Ta- Taub, the special teams coach. That was a key play in the game. The Eagles couldn't cover. I can't wait to watch it on tape because I'm sure there was they would have called something on that play. If it was a regular season game, there would have been 27 flags. My man Scott Novak would have had laundry all over the goddamn field. Scott Novak, a name that Where we don't have to he? hear until next Where September. Where is he? Where is Scott Novak? He didn't even get a playoff game. Shows you how good he's doing. He was throwing the flag at home while yeah. watching the game. I would have called that. <laughs> Who's going on the lamb? Oh, well, I mean, Gannon's going on the lamb. He's going to go to Arizona. Is that a retirement job? I mean, is he going to a retirement community? I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, look, it happened before. Patricia, I mean, he got the Detroit Lion job after, after that performance in the Super Bowl. I mean, think yeah. about it. Like, if you're Bob Quinn and you just watch them defend Philadelphia, who's in your conference, and you never made them punt, I mean, wait a minute, something's wrong. I, I'm a little nervous. Mm-hmm. If I were Michael Bidwell and I just watched that and I never stopped anybody, you know, then don't tell me that he was playing with lack of talent. Like, he has no. talent on that defense. Like, seriously. Howie Roseman stocked the cupboards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Howie won executive of the year. You can't blame Howie. So, I mean, look, he's going on the lamb, and he's going to get rewarded, which is the greatest thing about the NFL. You can be really bad and get rewarded if you have a good PR campaign. If you have good political capital, like Gannon has, you can achieve anything because they won't look at the numbers. Nobody looks. Nobody watches the game. All you got to do is, like, my advice to the coaches out there that are upcoming, just text back all these insiders. If you text them back, they'll like you and they'll give you the good PR. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at who they promote for head coaches. You know where they're getting their info from. Exactly. Uh, by the way, Philly, they only, record, uh, they only failed to record a sack in two games all season long. That was week six against Dallas. They won that game in Philadelphia then last night in the Super Bowl. So They're going to blame the field. George <laughs> Thomas is going to get it. I mean, let me say this to you. Carl Cheffers will not do. I'm going to write this down. What's the date? The 13th? The 13th. Carl Cheffers will not do a home Eagle game for two more years. I promise you the league won't put him in there. He'll get yeah. shit thrown at him the whole game. I was he say. will not. His name is persona non grata. Nobody will, nobody will remember the name of the side judge over there who called the penalty. Carl Cheffers will not be seen in Philadelphia. I mean. Philadelphia or Jersey. No shit. <laughs> no, no. No. He might do an Eagle Road game, but he ain't doing an Eagle. He will not be at the link for two years. I promise you that. And I, I, I mean, there'll be snipers. There'll be the grassy knoll will be over there. We'll have the sixth floor. I mean, he will not be a safe man in that town. So let's just put that out there. He should be the guy on the lamb. Carl Cheffers. He's on the lamb. Carl, do not go to Philly. Please He'll have don't. to land at the Trenton Airport if he ever goes to Philly. He'll have to sneak yeah. into town. <laughs> I don't want Carl to go to Philly, and I don't even know Carl. He's not going for, to Philly. For his own safety. I'm telling you, he will Please. never go. It's like Walt, I think Walt Coleman, who called the tuck. He, we never saw his ass in Oakland oh, ever no, again. Yeah. He was not showing up. He ain't showing up to that one. Uh, David Ogilvy, biggest fraud of the week. Well, I mean, you got to give it to the Eagles defense. Some 60 sacks out of their 70 came yeah. from the front. They made no plays. I mean, they yeah, may not. You can blame the grass. That's another guy who can't come to Philly either. George Toma, God rest. I mean, he's 94 years old. I don't think he's traveling to Philly. Sod but father. if he wanted to come to Philly for a cheesesteak, it's over with for him. He ain't going. There's no grass that he's allowed to inspect in Philadelphia. Think about it. Philly, think about the city of champions, Philly. The Union lost mm-hmm. the, their title game. The Phillies lost the World Series. And now the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Somebody tweeted at me, said that I jinxed them because I was watching the Union match during the MLS Cup final. And I you'll said, be, you, you're not allowed to come to Philly either. <laughs> I'm not. They got your picture on the billboard in Ever Philly. since I tweeted that Philly might be the city of champions, yeah, they lost all three to come to Philly. Titles. Carl Cheffers, you, George Toma, there's three people not allowed to enter Philly, which means the Sixers are going to get to the finals. Oh, boy. Good luck on that. Okay, that ain't happening. That dog yeah. ain't hunting. I was going to say, I was like, for your, for your sake, I hope that doesn't happen. You have to f- experience that heartbreak. If you don't know, now you know.
if you don't know now you know that oh, that's a good one if you don't know now you know that that the Eagles defense was couldn't stop a good passer I mean we got you got to admit that right it all comes back to Philly's defense it isn't yeah. really Carl Cheffers it comes back to their defense they can't play man to man yeah that secondary got exposed they got exposed last night there. Uh, before we get out of here, though, Michael, let's take a look at some of these way too early Super Bowl odds for Super Bowl 58, which will be played here in Las Vegas. Cannot wait for that a year from now. The favorite is the defending champion Obviously. now, Kansas City Chiefs, 6-1, to one, Buffalo 7-1, to one, San Francisco 8-1. to one. These odds courtesy our show sponsor, DraftKings. Cincinnati and Philadelphia both nine to one. Dallas fourteen to one. You can't wait to bet Joystick at twenty two to one. Can you? Joystick and our guy, the genius on defense, fourteen or twenty two to one, as well as the Baltimore Ravens. How about the Jets at twenty eight to one. Some Roger speculation. I mean, maybe? I go with Bengals. I go with Joe Burrow at nine to one. Joe Burrow nine to one is what I you like. You, I think that's a pretty good play. It's gonna be interesting what Buffalo does this offseason at seven to one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's pretty. That would be interesting. The NFC win the NFC odds. You know. Niners are the Lions eleven to one. How about Dan the Campbell, are you yeah. on the are you on the train? Restore the roar. I mean, look, they're, they're a good team. I think if the Saints got a quarterback at twenty two to one, they would be a valuable option there. A lot of you talent, know? a lot of talent on that. Uh, I mean, and look, the Broncos at seventeen to one with Sean Payton coming back. Interesting to see. Um, I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. Andy Reid was talking about Eric Bieniemy after the game. At what a great job he did. It almost seems like Bieniemy is going to be a coordinator either in Baltimore mm-hmm. or Washington next year. It just yeah. seems to me like that's going to happen. I, my guess is he's going to Washington. That's what I've heard, but we'll see. Uh, I think, look, the Bengals at 550 to 1 is still a play. Yeah, Bengals 9 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, and then plus 550 to and win the You love AFC. two at 15 to no. 1. I, I saw you at the window. I, hey, Elliot, I saw him at the window. He I turned that nowhere, card in. Nowhere near there. 15 I, I would, to I would one. go off the board, honestly. I would go to my old stomping ground, Seattle. I think they're around like 65 to 1, 75 to 1. They have a chance to really improve oh, that got, roster yeah. with that cap space and the draft capital. Now, Geno Smith in the playoffs, we'll see what happens there. How but about Joystick? He's 11-1 to win the AFC. Good God. I can't wait. <laughs> no, no playoff victory, but 11-1 to to win the AFC. Um, the Chiefs, though, just another note. Third Super Bowl champion since 2005 to enter the playoffs as the favorite to win the Super Bowl and win it. The 2013 Seahawks did that, and also the 2016 New England Patriots did that as well. But that does it for this NFL season, Michael. Yep. Hell of a year. Yeah, we'll we see you here. Thursday. We'll be yes. back here Thursday. We'll, we'll we'll recap, recap, recap. Yes, we will be recapping. And I'm we sure can talk we- about Jonathan Gannis, 10 years, the Arizona head coach. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some press conference clips. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get asked a lot Jonathan of tough Gannis. questions. You know, why did you play so much Jones, Jonathan, in that playoff game, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's be lost or all sorts of fun. Uh, but we'll obviously recap all the head coaching hires that we see here with the Colts and the Cardinals. There may be some quarterback nuggets that we get between now and Thursday, but we ain't going anywhere just because the season is over. GM Shuffle is going to roll on, and we'll see you guys Thursday. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman. Michael, it was awesome to see you here in person. Awesome to be here. Yeah, I love it. Excellent, excellent episode. Thank you to you guys. Subscribe, rate, and review as always, and we'll talk to you on Thursday.